innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the wait is up. Fight. WHUP LP Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUP FM. My name is Jeff Shaw, and today we were going to have a special big announcement, but instead I traded that for three amazing guests. Yes, not one, not two, but three awesome in-studio guests who we will get to for the featured interview. Caitlin Huggins and the Murdoch brothers, Josh and CJ, are going to join me in just a second, right after the news. Uh, and but please do uh, adhere to my maxim that I said last week, which is. We're going to have a big announcement about some changes that are really exciting, that are going to make everything run smoother, be better, and just generally more awesome. So uh, do tune in to next week's show for a variety of reasons, but include that among them. First, got to tell you how you can get a hold of the show. You can always email the show at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. That's cagesidewhup at gmail. We're on Twitter and Instagram at cagesidewhup. Uh, that's cagesidewhup on Twitter and Instagram. And you can always get check us out on Facebook at Cageside Radio. So today is November 5th. Uh, we have just fallen back, which gives us an extra hour of sleep, which is excellent, and an, another hour until... Uh, but unfortunately also an extra hour until the election is over, which I'm sure everybody's going to be really excited about. Um, This weekend is just packed with martial arts stuff, as is next weekend. And so the new segment is uh, just going to be, is is filled with stuff today. Um, First off, I want to congratulate Samantha Seff, studio guest, uh, for her win by Rear Naked Choke in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina last night. was able to watch that live. Really dominant performance. Uh, she, She Rear Naked Choked her opponent about a minute 25 into the first round. If you missed that, you can check it out if you're her Facebook friend on her Facebook feed or if you subscribe to Flow Grappling or Flow Combat, which if you don't, you probably should. The whole replay of the event is available on Flow Grappling and Flow Combat. So you can see Samantha Seff's win, which I'll break down in just a second. And you can also see uh, two of her uh, TFTC teammates fight as well, um, which I recommend. So the fight went, I think, about as well as, as, as it could have. Uh, Samantha was able to secure a single leg takedown. Uh, and once it was on the mat, I think her grappling was really able to show through and all the hard training that you heard about on her interview really, really uh, was evident. And so she was able to mount, take the back, and sink in the rear naked choke. So that's her second win, 2-0, both wins uh, by finish. So congratulations to, to Samantha Seff. If you'd like to hear uh, some more about that, you can always check out last, uh, last week's show where we had uh, an extensive uh, breakdown of her training. So today, uh, so, so I, I said today's November 5th. I was wrong. It's November 6th. Man, you know, uh, this election can't come soon enough. Uh, a lot of you guys know I do political work as, uh, as my day job, and boy, the days have been long. So it's nice to just sit back and talk about jujitsu for a minute. Uh, so today is November 6th, not November 5th, and that's Sunday. Now, a lot of you listen to the show via podcast, which I always encourage. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. But a lot of you also listen live, and if you're listening to us live, you're going to be able to check this out. So Gibson Saw, who has also been on the show, is one of the most outstanding grapplers anywhere, but especially in the Carolinas, got an invitation to the Eddie Bravo Invitational, uh, EBI. A lot of you guys like to watch that, like to watch the rule set. Um, 
So it's a 16-man bracket, and Gibson Saw gets to compete today, and I believe that starts at 1 p.m. our time. So if you're listening to the show uh, live, you can check it out. If you have UFC Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass streams EBI now live. If for some reason you're listening to the show, you can always check it out on replay. And I was talking to CJ Murdoch before the show, you know, who is who is trained with Gibson and has seen Gibson compete, and we all think Gibson actually has a really good shot and are excited to see him compete. So if you're listening to the show live, you can check that out at 1 p.m. today. If not, get UFC Fight Pass and you can watch Gibson fight. He's also on the opposite side of the bracket as Vinny Magalesh, who is one of the uh, one of the favorites and certainly an outstanding grappler. Um, and so I, I personally, I mean, I'm rooting for Gibson to win. <laughs> I'm rooting for Gibson to win the whole thing. But especially I would like it if Gibson was able to uh, to face Vinny Magalesh in the finals, which would, would be super fun. So that's this weekend. A um, ton of stuff going on this weekend. Um, we'll, we will uh, get to our featured interview uh, with Caitlin Huggins and the Murdoch brothers in just a second, but I'll finish up the news segment to tell you about what's going to go on next weekend as well. So two huge events happening next weekend. Oh, I also want to mention before we get to next weekend, there was also the Lightning Strikes kickboxing event, um, which was uh, the Lightning Strikes kickboxing event was at, in, in Durham last night. Uh, really exciting fights. Um, I know that Koa from uh, Elevate MMA won his fight. And uh, and uh, it's just exciting to see kickboxing back in the triangle on the regular basis. And so ho- hopefully and we'll, we'll post some results of that to the Facebook page. But I, I just want to mention that we're glad that that's happening again. So next weekend, next weekend, we're going to have two major events. And one of these is going to transition us into our featured interview. So Toro Cup is next weekend. This is the fifth Toro Cup. There are 18 matches which is going to be a big day of jiu-jitsu. Um, the, there are a lot of, you know, the, the, the charity that, that's benefiting this time, you know, a lot of you guys know, we, we talk about Toro Cup a lot, benefits grappling, uh, you know, it's a benefit grappling event that's going to benefit this time Geese for GIs, which does a lot of uh, terrific work getting uh, active duty service members, Brazilian jiu-jitsu geese for training. Um, we're also going to have, uh, so please come out and support that. That's at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham, North Carolina, uh, or Cage Side Fight Company, the same location. So go and check that out. Um, we will have, of course, a full recap. We'll be on site for that. Going to be doing interviews, going to be doing all kinds of video and, and, uh, and photography of Toro Cup. It could be, you know, it could be the best Toro Cup yet. So please uh, go out and support that event. Now, ordinarily, like everybody that's in studio with me, as I'm looking at, has uh, had a match either on a Toro Cup or a Cage Side Concussion Cast Carnival. And ordinarily... You would see C.J. Murdoch, Josh Murdoch, or Caitlin Huggins on one of these Toro Cup cards. However, uh, the only reason that's not happening is next weekend C.J. Murdoch is going to make his long-awaited professional mixed martial arts debut, which everybody in this studio is really excited about, and I think everybody out listening at home should also be very excited about. We're going to talk to C.J. about that. We're going to talk to Caitlin about her recent super fights, about her uh, efforts to spread women's jiu-jitsu in the Carolinas. We're going to talk to Josh Murdoch about his his super fight career, about his recent competitions, and about his status as the kids' jiu-jitsu instructor at Great Grappling Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But first, we're going to take a quick 15-second break, and we'll be back with our featured interview with these fine people. Fighting is, is wonderful, man. Fighting is, oh my God, it's, it's literally like a play. You can just be any character you want. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. So welcome to the studio, guys. It's, I've been, re- you know, we've had, we've talked with each of you guys individually in the past, but like, it's very exciting to have all three of you, uh, to have a representative from Team Boto in the studio, to have, or, and to have uh, the famous Murdoch brothers and Caitlin Huggins in the studio with us. Do you guys want to say hey to everybody? Hey guys. Hey guys. Uh, hey thanks guys. for having us, Jeff. Yeah, yeah thanks a bunch, it. buddy. 
Yeah, yeah man, it's it's really it's really exciting to see all of you guys today. And we're gonna start, you know, because the news segment leads us into this. We're gonna start with CJ, and you know, you guys can feel free to jump in. We're gonna I want to talk about CJ's mixed martial arts career. You know, everybody knows about CJ's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, highly successful competitive black belt. Is trained in Brazil. Is trained all over the place, but. You know, CJ makes his return to the cage in the professional arena, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about how that happened. Um, essentially, uh, when I kind of decided I wanted to fight MMA again, my goal was uh, to fight as soon as I got home from Brazil. But as any any fighter knows, that's kind of a pain in the butt, and uh, things happen. Um, I've had some opponents fall through and all that good business, just like everybody else that goes through it. So uh, just took a lot, a little bit longer than usual, but. Uh, I'm just excited to uh, actually kind of be comfortable fighting. I think almost every single time I've ever fought, I was very uncomfortable. But I think that's why we do it, right? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So who is your opponent for this fight? Uh, his name is Aaron Quaid. Um, that's pretty much as much about him as I know. Um, no, he's from Georgia, Marietta. Um, I believe Douglas Lima is the head coach there. And Douglas is a fantastic fighter. So I'm sure that he's going to be prepared. I'm sure that uh, he's going to be, he looks super in shape. So it should be a fun fight, man. Um, I know that uh, I'm taller than him, so that'll be fun. You're also taller than me, and, but, and that's very embarrassing. Uh, the the one thing I want to, I want to make sure that people get the details of how they can buy tickets, come out and support before we get into the nuts and bolts of the stuff. So this fight is November 12th. And it's yeah, in, yeah, yeah. And it's an Indian? Trail? Indian Trail, which I believe is right outside Charlotte, um, uh, Carolina Courts, I believe is the place that they're they're holding it at. But yeah, um, if you go to conflictmma.com, I believe you can look up all of the ticket information. And as long as you put my name in uh, a little comment box, I believe is what they said, um, I'll be able to get some uh, reimbursement for those tickets. Yeah, so even if you don't know CJ, you should just trust us that CJ is an awesome dude. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to buy tickets to that show, which you should, put CJ's name in the comment box. and, uh, and Yeah, uh, and give me some money because I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> We don't make any money doing this stuff, man. That's part of the reason why I fought, I decided to fight again because uh, being close enough to Charlotte, I feel like uh, it would have been. It's an opportunity for me to maybe put uh, maybe two zeros in my bank account instead of just one. The, those double digit, uh, the those double digit paydays are excellent. Yeah, it's hard to come by when you're a shushitero, man, living <laughs> scraping by with like just a little gym check and then privates here and there. One but, of these days, we're gonna build it up so that you everybody can get rich doing jujitsu, and that's. Part, that's part of like some my, people are really rich. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that's part of the, one of the goals of the podcast is to grow the scene so that more people are able to make a living doing the stuff that they uh, that they enjoy. But I want I want to get Caitlin and Josh involved on this a little bit. So, like, in terms of when CJ's taking a fight, or even just a very serious grappling super fight, like, how involved are you guys are? Are, are you in his training camp? Are you guys, tra you know, and what what does that look like? What's a training camp preparing for either a big jujitsu super fight or a pro MMA fight look like? And how are the two different? I mean, as far as, like, uh, jiu-jitsu super fights go, we just add in extra drill time uh, around the schedule that Great Grappling already has and stuff like that. Like, waking up 6.30 in the morning on Wednesdays for the, the morning rolling class, which kind of got forced to be put together by the students there, which is always awesome. Because it's, like, it's not on the schedule, but people show up anyway. It's the one class that everyone's like, ah, I really don't want to go to. But when you go to it, you always feel good afterwards. The, the, I, as someone that teaches the 630 class, I, I think that's the best possible description of it, which is you don't always want to go, but after you go, you're so glad you went. And it's also must, it must be really gratifying that student demand has led to, like, hey, man, we really want to get in some extra work. 
Yes. No, it is. It's very awesome. The the students at Great Grappling are very. Uh, they're just like stoked that they get to like train with like CJ or Caitlin. They're like, oh my god, black belts! Yeah, let's roll with them. Not for sure. I mean, it's important not to waste those opportunities. And for the for listeners that don't know, we talk about these guys all the time. But all three of these folks train and teach out of great grappling Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, we'll talk about what it's like to train at gra- grappling, the training environment as the interview goes along. But d- to continue with talking about CJ's fight camp, so so Caitlin, how in- how involved are you in preparing CJ get input and helping CJ prepare for MMA fights um for this one not at all because he's been in Chapel Hill um training at Forge Fitness Carry um while I've been back at Great Grappling helping uh to teach and just training jiu-jitsu so I would say I'm much more involved for when he has a actual jiu-jitsu match and in that case I just try to pressure right I just try to crush him (laughs) (laughs) I got one of these days I gotta make a t-shirt that just says squish him you know, yeah. which is like sort of the jujitsu app. Yeah, that's a good motto for Kaylin. But <laughs> everybody likes to say that Josh is the fun one. I'm like, okay, but no one, no, no it's not fun rolling with Kaylin. It's going to be shoulder pressure in your face. Bring the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, it's, I really feel like, you know, if not personality, like, it's definitely a different feel rolling with every individual person. And you can, like, for example, like, what the name that I came up with when you said that is, like, like Nakapon from Beta is one of the most, the coolest dudes in jiu-jitsu history and utterly not fun. No, he's terrible. I've, trust me, I've rolled with that guy, like, com- competed against him, not rolled with him and had fun. Competed, had to, to compete against him. And I think, uh... I think maybe like close to 30 times and it was just him smushing me like 30 times. It's not fun. I love you, Nakapon, but you're, you're not that fun to get smushed by, dude. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And like Caitlin is known for her top pressure and for her shoulder pressure and pressure passing. And so, so uh, is, is it your goal to not be fun to compete against or is that no, just something that happens? No, that's not at all. I'm just trying to make them be still while I go for the submission. <laughs> so as long as they stay still, they don't got to worry. <laughs> exactly. They don't got to worry. <laughs> Just stay, Willie. Yeah, just know. let her do everything and don't do anything. You're good. <laughs> so it sounds to be like like you guys have a particular training method for for jujitsu and grappling. But like when CJ has an MMA fight, then you know this is this is this the primary reason that you're out here uh, in the triangle? Yeah. So 100. percent um, I pretty much uh, entrusted Trevor and uh, believe it or not, even Ryan LaFree. um with uh, kind of helping me out. And Ryan's been amazing, man. He put me up at his house. Uh, I stayed with Trevor for the first week, uh, just doing it so we get some extra work in, put a lot of work in. But Ryan like handled a lot of my cardio and like gave me around and making sure everybody was gonna get together. So he did a really good job of kind of like being like kind of the manager of the team, which uh, I think it's re- he does a really good job at. But yeah, I came up here to train with Trevor uh, Adley. Uh, he just made his pro debut, smashed a guy for 15 minutes. Fantastic grappler. Gotta get a gi on. But he's a fantastic <laughs> grappler, man. I really enjoyed training with him. Uh, we have two Evans, Big Evan, Evan Daniel, I believe is his last name, and then uh, Evan... Uh, Arredondo, yeah, the tiny yeah, dancer. Yeah, tiny dancer, man. That kid is one of the most talented people I've ever trained with in my entire life. Wow. I think he's an IKF champion, right? And uh, his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu is fantastic. He's a blue belt, but like he's one, literally one of... Him and Adley are probably probably the reason why i chose to come up here just because it's it's hard to get a lot of specific time in with specific training partners and they're and they've been kind of my uh main training partners as well as uh john shell who uh who has been helping me out a little bit but uh just getting guys that are as talented and to just be able to drill with them 
opposed to kind of having to share the wealth has been really nice like keeping a very close circle and very personalized and so like i said like i kind of always say mma is really selfish and these guys really kind of allowed me to be selfish and like really 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 like looked out for me and tried to help me out so i'm very thankful to have those guys and trevor and uh ryan for helping me out yeah, I mean, and, and some of the names that you mentioned and the way you described them, it's one of the benefits of the local scene is that some of those guys are extremely well-rounded. Like, you know, Evan Arredondo does everything well. You know, we've had him on the show a few times. Then, you know, you have someone like Trevor, who's an excellent Muay Thai instructor, just like really. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit, man. That guy's he, like, him and Rick are the only reason why I can pretty much do anything, like, striking-wise. So if you guys think that I'm any good at striking, it's because of those guys. It's not because of anything that I did, like. I'm, it's just like programming a robot, right? Just program me and I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> so, Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said for a long time that I don't think Trevor gets enough credit in terms of like his excellence, in terms of Muay Thai instruction. and Nice, know. fantastic. Like, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Like, what he did with Evan in such a short time, right? Like, Evan is, like I said, not to like, I don't want to give the poor kid a big head. But, <laughs> man, he is fantastic. Him and Adley, like, they're good. you guys have to definitely watch out for them. Like those two kids are gonna be, they're 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 really good, man. Really, really good. Sure. Well, so I want to get back into the jujitsu in a sec, but to close the loop on talking about your pro fight. Yeah. So that's clearly your focus. You have what you're about a week out now. Yeah. Do you are you even thinking beyond like okay after this fight I'm gonna get back to competing in jujitsu? The, 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 the funny thing is that you said that that's my focus. And my focus is to just put the gi back on and train jujitsu, <laughs> man. The hardest thing for me, I said, I think I put the gi on three to four times maybe in like two and a half weeks three weeks that i've been here i've only put a gear on a few times man and it's driving me insane so the best part about this week is that i'm gonna go train jiu-jitsu monday night hang out lose some weight like but yeah jiu-jitsu is the main goal jiu-jitsu is the only reason i do everything i think you can call it muay thai you can call it wrestling it's all jiu-jitsu and it's all going to be jiu-jitsu for me and everything that i do is going to be for my jiu-jitsu and nothing other than that i don't want to get it twisted right i do mma because i want my jiu-jitsu to get better i don't do mma for any other reason so you have two excellent jiu-jitsu practitioners on your left and on your right and i'm wondering as someone who is focused on getting his jiu-jitsu better and continuing to improve what do you learn from each of these folks in terms of jiu-jitsu what do you get out of training with josh what do you get out of training with caitlin so um the best part about uh having a brother that's jiu-jitsu obviously it's like you've learned kind of how he moves and then he's learned how I've moved. So you're kind of constantly evolving, which is uh, nice because we have similar games, but different games. And he spent a little bit more personal time with Jeremy at this point, uh, being his dummy. So he's uh, kind of built this whole own Jeremy game, which is really nice because now I have his game on top of Jeremy's game that he's kind of evolved. So not only do I get to kind of deal with that and have to evolve my game based on that, like, I had Kaylin jump in the mix, and now Kaylin plays a completely different game than the both of us. Like, she just does an overrunner pass, right, which is a pass that I never used before. It was a pass that wasn't even in my radar. I thought an overrunner pass was a free triangle, right? You don't, you break the rules, right? Mm -hmm. You don't stick one arm underneath and stick one arm out. That's not what we're supposed to do in jiu-jitsu. But much like other things, we learn the rules so we can break them, right? <laughs> and she, she's fantastic at it, but she's also fantastic at other things like 
really close in the space. And I think being a woman, she always feels like she has something to prove. So she always wants to make the smush even worse. You know what I mean? She really wants to like, she wants to prove that like, there's no difference, man. Like there's like, Put these whether I was a guy or a girl, like I'm going to smush you regardless. And if you think otherwise, like I'm going to, that's just going to prove to you. And then once she's done smushing, you know, she's a little bit more fun to roll with. <laughs> so I'm going to ask both Caitlin and Josh the same question. We'll start with you, Caitlin. Like when you, when you train with CJ, like what are the kind of things that you learn from CJ? What do you pick up training with him? And like, and how is that experience for you? Uh, picked up so many things from training with these guys. Um, Cause I've kind of, uh, I grew up in the Gracie Baja, you know. Um, my dad um, is a black belt under Eduardo de Lima, who came directly from Carlinos. And um, I think up to about brown belt is when I kind of like traveled gyms. So I've been kind of directionless and I've had like really strong points in my game. But uh, there's been a lot of holes, you know, like I'm good at a certain set of uh, techniques but there's a lot to be worked on and like with um, training with CJ and Josh uh, I am high passing a lot more and um, it's like before I was like okay here's one of the three ways I pass guard and now I have all these tools I'm playing guard more trying to watch how they do and um, like with Josh like the things like pacing yourself and cardio I feel like that's it's helped me so much so like they they both have something to offer me and have like it's almost like a fusion of styles it's it's awesome so i feel like they've really diversified my uh, style yeah one of the, one of the great things about jiu-jitsu is being able to train with other people that are high level that do things slightly different or even not that different than you and so josh i, I want to ask you the same question about what you get out, out of training with these guys and then i want to transition uh, to to your teaching career and and some of how do you guys approach teaching as opposed to competing? But like what 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 about you, Josh? What do you think about that? Well, the the biggest thing I want to say, Caitlin deals with small spaces so much better and differently than me and CJ ever really did, and that's like that's like a huge benefit to be able to train with that all the time at a higher level and not just like uh like like dealing with a blue belt that's good at small spaces well now i can just get away with some stuff and that that caitlin's going to take advantage of that later because she's like well no, no no you don't get to get away with that stuff anymore and then cj is big wide open spaces dynamic movements but at the same time he has that like uh like when he came back from brazil he had that that little bit of extra uh, aggression into it and it's like it's not aggression in the sense of like being a rhino but it's like uh no, I'm going to I'm going to finesse this technique and it's going to work cuz I really really want it to. Like that like almost like favela hunger where this is going to work. I'm sorry about your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And uh it's really it's really nice especially training with him before and seeing the evolution of his technique after. And it's it's just it's it's something amazing and then being able to train with one back to back it's like two different paces, two different distances and it's like like I feel like I got I got all the bases covered. Like maybe if we like invested in like a six foot four like Bouchesha type character, then we would have like the other bases covered. Because the only thing they don't have is that they're not giant. Yeah, well, I'll come out and train with you guys, and it'll be like the same thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. If you we just need Jer Jeremy to get off the bench, man. As long as he, as soon as he gets healed, he could be our Bouchesha. That's that's true. Yeah. Now most people know this anyway, but the the Jeremy that you hear them referring to is Jeremy Orell, sometimes known as the Gerbil. Yeah, the, the fearless leader of uh the the uh, what uh what's the guy that runs uh the circus 
right? Because uh, the oh, ring, oh, the ringmaster. Ring yeah, 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 yeah. He's our fearless leader, man. Yeah. That guy will never get enough credit and does not get enough credit. You guys form like Voltron, and he happens yeah. to be the head. Yeah, he is the head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he shows up to tournaments to help coach us, even if he's got a bunch of crazy stuff going on weekend after weekend. Like I think he spent four or five weekends in a row, like Atlanta, Charlotte, back to Georgia for the Kakuto. I yeah. think there was something before that, something after that. He's like, cornering me for my fight, man. Like he's uh, he's incredible. Like we did a good job, kind of on our own and through the help that we had but nothing like Jeremy's like we we wouldn't be nearly anything without Jeremy so we really appreciate him oh, and yes. we want him to know how much we love him and uh, <laughs> not only like care about him but respect him because he's one of the best instructors like I have a list top five and he is top five for sure like and I've trained with some really 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 amazing people and it's funny because three or two other guys on this list are here in the triangle Jason Colbert and Billy Dowie I really want to hear this top five list. So as as long as long as we're uh, as long as we're doing that, I want to get back to how Jeremy teaches and Jeremy's teaching method in a second. But uh, like, who are the other names on your list? Um, it's weird because I'm going to put Ted Day on the list, and we didn't even really speak the same language, like, <laughs> right? Because the first four months that I spent the greatest time with him, I didn't really like understand uh, Portuguese. Like I, I I started to understand a little bit better as I uh, as I got as I got a little bit more comfortable in Brazil, but yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> as I got a little bit more comfortable, but uh, yeah, Tenedeus on the list, and then um, uh, Gordinho uh, from uh, Florida, uh, Gordo's brother. Mm -hmm. He taught a seminar and uh, I was literally blown away at the minute details and uh, just his ability to uh, teach. So yeah, there's my top five list. Well, thanks for sharing that list. And I want, I, and uh, Caitlin and Josh, I would be interested in your takes on some of the, the, the best teachers you've trained with too. But I want to get back to talking about Jeremy Urell for a second and his teaching method. I always like to push Jeremy's YouTube channel, which he puts a ton of, of effort into. And there's a ton of great videos there. And like, I've never actually, well, actually, that's not true. I've taken a seminar with Jeremy one time, but like haven't got to train with him on a regular basis, but have learned a ton from, from his YouTube videos. And I'm wondering what you guys think like about Jeremy's teaching method makes him such an effective instructor. I, I feel like the the way he breaks down positions and it's like he, he's going to show you a set of techniques, but what he really wants to show you is why these techniques are useful. Like it's not, it's like not even, not even to take the techniques at face value, but to like, what is the concept behind them? Like why, why would I ever decide to take out this guy's lapel while I'm in side control and pin his forearm to his chest? Why am I going to spend the time to do that? Why wouldn't I just mount him and choke him? It's just like, oh no, because of these set of reasons, like this guy's good at jujitsu. So we need to break it down even more. And it's just, he does such a good job of of showing that like day in and day out making sure that you have uh appropriate partners to drill with appropriate partners to roll with to uh like and sometimes he goes on this on the safe side but this is jiu-jitsu we want to do jiu-jitsu every every day every opportunity that we can so it's like rather safe than sorry when we're going into a chaotic mess of rolling mm -hmm. and it's just he does an amazing job with it yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it's something that that I've noticed even in the brief time I've trained with him. Like, and you know, I think Josh had a great answer for that. I'm curious. Like, do you have it? Like, are there are there other things about Jeremy as a leader of a gym other than his teaching ability that leap out at you guys for things that that make it special to train at Great Grappling? Uh, I think one thing that's really refreshing about Jeremy as a instructor that I wasn't used to before was uh, he takes it upon himself 
if the student isn't absorbing the information and learning, he takes that upon himself as, how can I teach this better? It's my fault. I'm not conveying the information properly to the student. And um, that's a very big change from, well, they're just stupid. You know, <laughs> which is um, interesting given that Jason Colbert is on CJ's top five list. <laughs> yeah, Jason. but that's funny too because I, uh, Jason Colbert, like I learned so much from such a short amount of time with him. I was just talking to CJ about this. I'm like, you know, I visit him for one day and I'm trying the moves and they're working. So it's like everybody has something different to offer as an instructor, you know, and um, I don't, I wouldn't confine myself to one instructor. I think you take something away from everybody. I mean, Josh would be one of my top because he, I think, like teaching the kids and especially the volume of kids we have at Great Grappling, like that's forced him to, if you could teach a kid, you could teach an adult, right? Yeah. So <laughs> those little nicknames you make for moves and everything, like it sticks in my head. It makes it so that it's like, oh, I remember it on cue, you know, so. Yeah. So Josh is the primary kids instructor at Great Grappling, and like Josh, I'm wondering, what do you as a practitioner get out of teaching kids? Are there things that you learn yourself either about your own practice of jujitsu or about the ability to convey information? Like, what do you get out of teaching those classes? Uh, I think the the biggest thing that I get is how to make a move the most basic move humanly possible. Like, how can this work against? Uh, like uh, re- resisting opponent, but they don't know jiu-jitsu either, so it doesn't have to be a hundred steps on how to do a scissor sweep. It can just be the simple act of shrimping out to the side with the correct grips and getting the correct motion with your legs going, not like the weight distribution has to be perfect. you got to pull your elbow all the way underneath, like looking down at the mat, like everything's got to be 100%. It's like, no, we need to do like 30% of an amazing move and it's going to work on another kid. Now you, as you move up as a child, like you need more and more percent of that move to make sense. But it's just like, that's pretty much the journey you have in, in jiu-jitsu anyway. When you're a white belt and you take that first class on scissor sweeps, like, did you really remember all a million points of a perfect scissor sweep? It's like, no. You, you're you like in rep like 100 and 200 of the scissors. There's like... There's, let's see the math on that, 8,000, or I'm sorry, 9,800 more to go on that. (laughs) Like, these kids have a very, very long time to do that. And I just, breaking it down so simply really helps me because now I get to add in details later and then I get to Frankenstein things together. Like, you see Leandro Lowe, he's like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to take Michael Langley's spider and then I'm going to take uh, Hafez de la Hiva and then I'm going to mash them together because neither, both of them know jiu-jitsu, but I need one of them to work. So it's like the concepts of each move to just make your own stuff up. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, one thing that you guys have, you guys all share in common is you all teach jujitsu, but you're also really active competitors on the super fight scene. In addition to doing tournaments with U.S. grappling, tournaments with Kakuto, things like that. I would like, I'm wondering, do you all have a favorite match that you've ever competed in? Because, like, I've watched each of you compete a lot. And so I have my own sort of ideas for what that would be. But, like, Josh, let's start with you. Do you have a favorite match that you've ever competed again? Uh, I would have to say 
my match with Garner was one of my favorites because it's like like I was I was friends with Garner for Miss like Gardner Watkins at uh, yes. Pro Jitsu. Yes, Garner Watkins at Pro Jitsu. Like me and him, like I met him at Evolution through Rick at NC three. Like when those gyms came together, and uh, I've known him for a really long time, and it's always been exciting to roll with him. Like he's one of my favorite training partners, and like it may be a negative word, but like my like one of my best friends michael santos like he's in that that nemesis category of people that you train with like you love rolling with them you love hanging out with them but when you roll with them it's like oh man this is so hard oh you're like you're better than me this day oh maybe i'm better than you this day mm -hmm. and it's just like that kind of rivalry i really think helps grow your jiu-jitsu immensely it helps you deal with the the other things other than just the techniques like how you mentally approach training how to keep it in that training mode without competing and stuff like that and like me, me that happens with me and my brother but i think that's more of a sibling thing than like uh oh your jiu-jitsu is really good my jiu-jitsu is really good you know what i mean so it's, it's beneficial but it's beneficial in a different way to have it with another person and when he wanted to have a match against me it's just like oh cool i get to i get to do a super fight like i never done it like i did the tim mcnamara super fight before and then i don't think i did another pro jitsu or another toro cup before that but that was like one of my first ones at brown belt and it's like i trained with jeremy for a while and like all right garner i'm gonna show you how much i've actually got to improve since since then and like me and garner talked before and we talked after and we're, we're still buddies but it was just it was super super fun and yeah that was one of, that was probably my favorite match on that pro jitsu card personally and if you haven't seen the match i know they have it up on the pro jitsu youtube page so definitely go check it out just really great slick transitions especially you know from you from top from bottom thanks man i was just really trying to be aggressive and i have this this i feel insulted that people like don't think the gi is exciting and it's like there's totally matches where i'm like sitting there like oh my god this is so boring you're just not exciting they're just not exciting you're just not watching exciting grapplers you're watching a bunch of people that want to stall and hold on to each other's lapels and do nothing yep. mm -hmm. yes <laughs> dude this is i'm so glad and we'll get into stalling in jujitsu in a second because i know we wanted to talk a little bit about that but like i have been beating this drum for a while I think the gi is exciting. I think the gi offers opportunities. I think the gi is an incredible training tool. In addition to being like something where, if you're watching people that, like, like the, your match with Gardner is a great example of that. Um, that uh, no one, nobody says Hadolfo Buchecha was boring, right? Like yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, were yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's on YouTube as most exciting jujitsu match ever. Yeah, which you could easily <laughs> make a case for. And so, like, yeah, I mean, and you know, and that's not for me, you know, and like that's not me denigrating no gi jujitsu certainly, yeah, but like, but dude, like gi jujitsu, oh, man, it's 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 where it's at. So we'll return to stalling in Jiu in a second, but like, so Josh is a, so Josh has a good answer. Do, you, do either of you have an answer that uh, that you know for your favorite match that you've competed in? Um, I guess my match with uh, Samantha Falhaber, mm -hmm. just because we went the full fifteen minutes, and um, she made me work because every time I passed, you know, I had to pass again, and I could sit here and say my favorite match was one I won where it was like pass the guard, side control, mount, submit, but that's not nearly as exciting as the thrill of there's a chance I could lose at any second, you know, especially in a submission only. <laughs> so, um, and you know, I had, uh, family there, I had CJ there. Like it was, it was everything about that day was great. And, um, it was a great match. So yeah, well, that was a tremendous match. And I think you make a super valid point where like, 
there's certainly matches where you just smash somebody, right? And it's like everything yeah. goes to plan. I take them down. I pass the guard. I but like those are not exciting. Not as fulfilling right? as like I had to work for that win. <laughs> yeah, against a really quality, yeah. game, you know, a game opponent that was dangerous in every position. And you know that was also one of my favorite matches to, to watch as well. Thank the Concussion you. Cast <laughs> Carnival last year. And by the way, we're going to plan another. So so for those of you that didn't come to our live event last year, shame on you. But for those of you that did, you 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 know, Caitlin and and Samantha were the main event. It was an super exciting match we're planning another live event for next year details are going to be on that soon so please come to that so cj you know you and, and like i kind of want two answers from you like <laughs> like, like both a jujitsu answer and an mma answer because i've seen a bunch of your fights and i have my own answer about that but do you have a, do you have a favorite grappling match and a favorite fight? um so i don't know if i have a favorite i've competed against a lot of amazing people and like Favorite wise, um, maybe my match with Rafael, just because like I looked up to him so much, and like I know how good his jujitsu is, and like I really just tried to kind of live up to that samurai nickname that Dennis Ash gave me on that, and just like really just try to go after him. He shut down everything that I did. Literally shut down. I didn't do anything. If that was a points match, he one hundred percent won. But because of the silly draw, right? Like we both were whatever you want to call it. And for, for those that don't know this, Rafael Rosendo dos Santos yeah, yeah, at, yeah. at the last Pro Jitsu yes, card. Sir. And yeah, like that was just, and I want you to talk about it, but for me, what a technical match and what a skilled black belt Hafa is. Yeah, he's amazing, man. But I mean, he's been doing Jitsu like longer probably than most people in North Carolina, South Carolina. But like he's like a founder, like he's, he's been, he was back, back in the day. But I mean, um, I could say that match, but honestly, um, my favorite, probably because it's my least favorite, is my uh, match with Kyle Maynard at the best tournament I've ever competed against, and it's because people are lazy and don't want to put up the money, put the money where their mouth is, and Dave uh, Mansell, right? Yeah. Dave Mansell had to front a whole bunch of money, and it's the only reason why that tournament isn't successful. But, like... This is the Satsuma Cup? Yeah, the Satsuma Cup, man. He was paying people to win like a thousand bucks cash and uh i made it to the finals both times lost uh both times but uh the kyle maynard one is like the one that i felt like uh i should i should have won and those are the matches that i think stick in your in your head like watching somebody take a thousand dollars from you that's that's it, it it's uh very memorable Right, like Joe beat me. Joe Selecki beat me. Joe's a fantastic nogi grappler. If you guys don't know who Joe Selecki is, you guys are silly <laughs> because that kid. Like I said, I won't talk about this very often, but there's very few people in jujitsu that I think work harder than me, and I think that Joe is one of those kids. He's just fantastic. Doesn't focus on much other than training, and I've competed against him three times. He's beat me all three times, and it's not because uh, he's athletic or whatever. That kid's a stud. He's very, very good, and I think. Uh, kind of our defeats are what make us more than our victories mm -hmm. what about mma fights because I, I have two answers for you but i want to hear your answers um my most favorite my favorite one um i think uh was probably the worst one again uh <laughs> rashawn or varin um i won my rashawn ball fight but he whooped my butt for 42 seconds and i uh, got a nice little triangle but then again i wouldn't be the person who i am without that humbling experience varin webb did to me because i could say this and that but man that really changed my attitude towards fighting and just everything in general 
That makes sense. And I'm going I'm to give both a promo and a segue here to another topic of conversation, which is it's really interesting to hear you talk about your favorite fights because I had two in mind that I've seen that were neither of those. And your fight with Stephen Thigpen, incredibly memorable fight, which we talked about at breakfast this morning. And your fight with Jared Miller, which is a five-round war, super exciting. And the reason I want to mention these is I have never seen a boring C.J. Murdoch fight or grappling match. So if you want to see an exciting fight this weekend, November 12th, go get tickets, Conflict MMA, an Indian Trail, uh, you see C.J. do his thing. Because like, you know, I don't think anybody's ever seen a match of yours and, and, or a fight and, and been disappointed. Which leads us back to stalling in jujitsu, And this was a conversation we were talking about a little bit off air. And it sort of dovetails with what Josh says about gi jujitsu being exciting. But we've all been in those matches where somebody just wants to either pull close guard and hold on or get top position and clam up. And I'm wondering, like, have you guys had frustrating experiences with this? And if you have, are there rules changes that need to happen in order to stop it? Or or what can be done? Is there an attitude change? Do people just need to change their attitude just, about what good jiu-jitsu is? I think we just need to not be afraid, man. That's And that's the biggest thing is why are we stalling in the first place? Well, it's because we're afraid. And let's be realistic. And too many people, I think, uh, are afraid, uh, are afraid not to use the same word twice, but they're afraid to tell people that they're afraid. I like to talk about how nervous I am, and I like to talk about how ang- I, I feel anxious and all this. Because not only do I get to relate it to another person that might be ma- having those same feelings, but it makes me feel good when I say, like it makes me feel better about the situation when I say things aloud. And I don't know if people just keep it clammed up or they like to pretend, but I think everybody's afraid. If you're a staller, you're afraid. Mm-hmm. Josh, it looked like you had an answer for this as well. Uh, I would totally uh, just say pretty much the same thing CJ is saying. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, like, I want to say the I was starting to become uh, stalling in my match with uh, bagels. Mm-hmm. And then I hear, I'm just in closed guard, I want my collar grip. I want my collar grip. It's not perfect, so I keep wanting it, want it deeper, want it deeper. And then Jeremy's just like, just, just, just like, open up. Just, like, start doing stuff. And it's just like, okay. So start doing stuff. He, like, stands up. And then he's just like, no, go for the ha-ha sweep. But it's like, I don't think I'm going to get it. But I talked to Jeremy afterwards. He's like, he didn't even, he didn't even think that I was going to get it either. But it's going to start, like, the, it's going to start the snowball going down the hill. And then we're going to be rolling. We're not just going to be sitting there staring at each other fighting for grips. I think if any two, like, it's interesting that we're talking about your match with Gardner Watkins, your match with John Bagels Telford. Because I think for me, as someone that's watched your growth, if any two matches sort of exemplify that growth, it's those two. Because, like, at each stage of the game, it just seemed like you had progressions in mind where you were one or two steps. Like, we're, and, and, you know, I don't know if that's drilling. I don't know what it is. But, like, it seemed to me like you had plans in place where you were one or two steps ahead in each of those matches. Um, yeah, I feel like there's, like, this, this overall map that's either me and Jeremy's creation or just Jeremy's creation, but it's just, like, it's filling in the holes as time progresses, and it's, like, it's really amazing. Like, it's been, uh, like, a year, almost a year and a half since I got to Great Grappling, and, like, now I'm seeing the big picture of what's happened over that year and a half. And, like, uh, like we went to a Gustavo Machado seminar yesterday, and he was mentioning that he showed up at a school that he doesn't normally show up at, and he learned something that just fit into what he was working with today. And then he decided that he's going to do the exact same thing for me. And it's just, like, I just feel like that has just been happening over and over and over, and my game's just exponentially just like, okay, so now we get to go to this level. Okay, now we get to go to this level. Now that this is all filled in, we got a good foundation with this stuff, okay, now we can go to this level. And, like, 
the the matches like the Charlotte Open. That was another that was another notch on the the evolutionary like Josh Murdoch belt or whatever. And Super Saiyan coming soon. Yeah, you know? I want to give a sh- quick shout out to Gustavo because uh, that guy exemplifies everything that I would like to be when I'm an older uh, competitor. Man, he doesn't care. He went out there and competed well, regardless of how long he's been a black belt. There's no excuses. Man, that guy is amazing. And I hope uh, that uh, I have that same spirit and uh, aura that he has, man. Like, Gustavo, you're awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been, like, me and CJ both have been around a lot of older black belts and stuff like that. And he definitely gives away that, like, I'm just a human being just like you vibe. And that's the coolest thing to see. Not the, I am better than all of you in this room. But, no, I'm the same. And he's fearless. And that is, that's the thing that we were talking about. And I think it's part of the reason why I do MMA and I do jiu-jitsu is because I have, I'm understanding that we all are afraid. Mm-hmm. And we get over it by doing things that make us afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, you, y'all mentioned the Charlotte Open, and Gustavo Machado competed in the black belt division, despite the fact he's a legend. And yeah, and, uh, which like is he really doesn't need to compete, he doesn't need to prove anything no. to anybody, but he still does it. It's great. And that's what I that the samurai spirit is pretty much dead, but let's try to keep it alive. And Gustavo's doing the bestest job, and I hope that I'm doing the best job that I can, because let's be realistic, the samurai is dead. We live in a world that people want to be white belt world champions. <laughs> right, there's no samurai spirit in becoming the white belt world champion. I don't want I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but like one of my friends when he was a four stripe white belt, he got asked uh, by the person that was going to promote him, "Hey, you know, hey man, do you want to be the best white belt in the world?" And he says, "Yes." It's like it was not the right answer, because no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like man, no man, I'm going to give you this other belt. I would have demoted you. <laughs> yeah. So, but speaking of the Charlotte Open and challenging yourself against the best in the world, Caitlin, at Charlotte, you got to compete against Dominica, yes. double gold medalist <laughs> at the Worlds, like yes. probably like, you know, and we can debate pound for pound rankings and everything, but probably the best, the best woman competitor right now. Yeah, yeah for you know? sure. And, and so what did yes. you learn from that experience? What, what oh was that experience goodness. like for me? Well, can I just say that uh, earlier in the year, I watched Dominica win the absolute and her weight division in super heavy. I was there and I watched it live. So uh, going in, it was kind of like uh, I could try and like try and lie to myself or delude myself, but you kind of walk in knowing that you're going to lose. And I thought to myself, well, maybe if I last (laughs) the whole 10 minutes, you know, I'll be happy with myself. And um, I feel like that's such a bad attitude going in to compete. It really is. And it doesn't matter who you're competing against. Like, that wasn't the right attitude to go in with. And um, But it was so cool to compete against her. It was so cool to go in against someone who I had watched, you know, on and, and read about. Like, And um, when I went against her, it's just I, I'm realizing that um, I'm not aggressive enough. And um, because she came at me, she was just throwing the submissions. And I I remember kind of laughing during the match thinking, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) this is the real deal. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was kind of like, maybe you should be that way. (laughs) Maybe you should be more aggressive and have more confidence, you know. So it's nice, though, to get in there and go against your idols and realize that you know, this is what it feels like to go against them, and they're not any different, you know, than yeah. the other people you train with. Yeah, it's one of the incredibly cool things about jiu-jitsu is you really can compete against the absolute best in the world, and, you know, if you think about, like, what 
the holy grail of jujitsu is it's the absolute black belt world champion where it's like yeah. i won against everybody regardless of weight regardless of anything and dominica did that and then you got to compete against her you raise an issue that that i think is really fascinating about mentality right and i don't i think i mean we've all been in those matches where we walk in and it's like realistically i am not coming out of here with my hand raised but but it's a really interesting <laughs> mental exercise to try to get yourself in the right headspace for that. Do because it, if you walk, do it anyway, still right. Exactly. Yeah. But like that's the thing. If you walk in thinking you can't win, then you probably can't. Yeah. And so so I'm I'm I'm, I'm like, what is the answer? Is is it just? I think Hoffa says it best, right? If you don't uh, think you can win, don't sign up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's no point. In, uh, Hoffa says it, and then Marcel says something very similar. Right. Ninety nine percent isn't enough. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one hundred. Whether that's your jujitsu, whether or it's just your mental, man, I I think that you couldn't even be you could be not even that good at jujitsu, but mm-hmm. your mental game can overcome it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. your mental game has a lot to do with it, and that's the thing that I've struggled with the most. I think competing because competing against your idols is tough, man. It is. It's really tough, especially with people like because we're we're all from North Carolina. You know, what I mean, none of us train at some crazy Atos headquarters or like some checkmat headquarters with like Leo Vera or uh, Andre Galvao or instructors. We have a lot of faith in our instructors, but most of our instructors aren't five-time world champions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I think that just like belief in the system and but it's just so easy to doubt yourself. You know what I mean? When you look on the internet and everybody's doing this or this or that, and I think we just all need to focus a little bit more on ourselves and growing ourselves and not really worry about what other people are doing. As long as you know you're putting in the work, then I think that mental game will start to become stronger. And I think that's what I've learned more than anything in the past three and a half years at Black Belt, is that the more you believe in yourself, the, the easier things get. I feel weird talking about this because, like, I'm, I'm far and away the worst competitor of anyone in this room. But one of the things that, that I've written about this on the blog in terms of mentality, and, like, we all have natural gifts and we all have natural drawbacks, right? Like, sometimes people are strong but not flexible. Sometimes people are really bendy but they're not, you know, they don't have a lot of cardio. And, like, I don't have a lot of natural physical gifts. But one of the things that's weird about me as a competitor is, and I feel like I'm a rational person. I feel like I know where I'm at in the food chain and I feel like I understand who I, who I have a shot against and who I don't. What's really strange is the minute I step on the mat, I know I'm going to win. Yeah. Even if, even, and it's strange, man, that is like the one mental gift that I think, and I didn't work for this, so I didn't earn it. So this is not me trying to blow my own horn. It's just something that naturally comes to me. And I feel like it's one of like, it's maybe what I get in exchange for not having the physical gifts is like, you could put me on the mat against anybody. And the minute we slap hands, I'm like, I will find a way to win. And, and then even if that's, after right you're like how could i possibly have thought i was going to win that's why uh your resume looks the way it does so i believe that you're you have uh some championships uh on your uh rack that uh some of us definitely don't have uh yeah yeah you know well we're competing on different levels but but at any rate the the mentality thing is important though i mean the, the mental game is so I mean, it, it, and, and it's where I think you get to that next level. And that's why it's awesome that all of you guys are challenging yourself against, like, really top-tier competition. You know, absolute world champions. Black belts have been black belts for 13 years, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll the best for, brown belt competitors I'll, going. I'll speak for myself, but I'm not very mentally strong when I compete. And it's very difficult for me to believe that I'm better than anybody. So I, I just have to keep putting in the work. And the more that I compete and the more that I win – through competing, the more that I'm gonna feel better about myself. But man, I know I've competed against some guys that are just like on a completely different level, and I'm just trying to get to that level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? Like, what is the next step for each of you? And when I say the next step, 
like that could be all right these are the competitions i'm planning or this is what i'm planning to do in order to get to that to that next level of jujitsu of jujitsu awesomeness <laughs> and mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about uh, off air about like competition plans or like training plans but like what do you think josh what's the next step for you uh, I'm I'm really trying to just uh, I'm trying to grow my my open guard. I'm in like an evolutionary part of the jiu-jitsu. I get to focus on some stuff that I don't know what I'm doing at. You know what I mean? And just like just explore that aspect and get that that next layer, so I don't have to use what like my backup stuff and stuff like that, and prepare for it, like Atlanta in February. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the the project tap house like we're waiting for everything to get together for competition training and all that stuff to start kicking in and waiting for the new room and just like is the house the house is happening now yeah we're in the house right now man yeah Mm -hmm. it's jeremy's keeping it very low-key because he's a perfectionist yes like he's very very perfectionist and he he wants it to look as professional as possible but that's the to kind of steal josh's thunder for a second but like uh it's he's just being adding professional like that real professional aspect to it it's called tap for a reason it's not it doesn't really have anything to do with tapping in jiu-jitsu it's training athletes professionally Mm -hmm. and i think that that's the biggest thing that we're going to change it's becoming more professional like what i did in the past three weeks was more professional than i've ever done in my whole life and that's the goal is to just get more professional yeah, Jeremy's just like all these other sports. They do everything so well. They're just like, okay, you do this at this time. Uh, we do this for this amount of weeks, and then we transition into this for this period. They're doing periodization. It's like they're using all the science of athletics, and then they're applying it to jiu-jitsu as if jiu-jitsu is like an athletic thing, because it is. It's mm-hmm. not just. It's not just chess. It's like chess while doing football with people throwing rocks at you while running a marathon in the water you know what i mean it's like but you have to do it as professionally as possible and jeremy's really trying to get that happening yeah and i think i think i think that's fantastic that because we can learn so much from other athletic enterprises right about how to do things in a scientifically valid rigorous and professionalized way where it's like we can optimize our performance on that day whether it be february in atlanta or whether it be next week because it's all about being at your best when it's on competition day, right? It's also about being at your best, at your worst yeah. as well. And I think not many people focus enough on that. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I look like at my best. What do I look like at my absolute worst? So I think Seth Seth does his uh, trains, right? You guys all have to, you guys earn that belt the hard way, mm-hmm. right? You, he runs you through that train. Because he doesn't care what your jiu-jitsu looks like while you're fresh. Because anybody's jiu-jitsu can look great for a minute. How well does it look for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? And that's what makes Josh a different animal. It's this kid's first gear to second gear to third gear. I don't think he finishes a gear. I think he'll go to 25 gears if he has to. Mm-hmm. Oh, super valid. Caitlin, what do you think the next step is for you? Um, more competing, definitely. Uh, like I said, since uh, joining Great Grappling, I feel like a lot of holes in my game that were there, I'm you know filling those gaps right now i i since i stopped training with my dad regularly i haven't really had a guide i haven't really had a coach and jeremy has helped me out in a huge way i've never had anyone watch me spar and say oh drill this work on this this is how we're going to fix this after your match and now i have two training partners that push me and just really inspire me to compete and to train as hard as i can but uh i think i'm like way too stubborn to quit (laughs) 
competing right now. You know, um, the Charlotte Open and the Kakuto was back to back two weekends in a row. So it was a lot. You know, it was a lot for me, especially because at Charlotte Open, I had all my friends and family from older, you know, mm -hmm. um, years of training jiu-jitsu there. So I think I just am really wanting to get back to it and compete more. Like I said, I'm too stubborn to quit. So I'll just keep competing until I start winning. <laughs> Stubbornness is important. And, and like, you know, just speaking, uh, like as someone that's watching you compete and grow, it's like it's very exciting to watch you compete against top tier competition and your growth is evident and you're getting to that level where you're getting Thank these you. super fights against people like tubby santana and the next level for you is beating those people and i think and i think that hopefully you'll, i mean I, I think you'll get there i mean like you know and 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 uh and so that's these girls to come out of the woodwork though where are all the female black belts on the east coast she signed up for atlanta and there's no female black belts so it's like what can she do she's trying she's signing up for these tournaments but we need other females in the area to compete against her it's tough it's t it's tough for for women like particularly mm -hmm. women at the upper belt levels and oh, like yeah. and like we only have about four minutes left so i didn't save enough time for us to talk <laughs> about women in jiu-jitsu we'll have to bring you back for a full yeah. show about that maybe with lourdes and <laughs> and mary holmes and mary holmes of Shout course to got, mary holmes. gotta get mary back in studio the the, the the world demands more mary holmes on the radio yes <laughs> but like but cj makes a valid point and i will throw a tease in there which is like i think a lot of the solution is more super fight events to bring yeah, in high quality for women sure. for a cross because then you can guarantee like okay you're yeah, gonna like, have somebody in your division like EBI does a good job of showcasing women um uh they had a bunch of female super fights uh fight to win pro is doing a good job we just need more of these stuff more Toro cup matches more cage side concussion cast matches <laughs> indeed well so guys we have about three and a half minutes left and i'm just wondering is there anything that i haven't asked about that y'all really wish i would have asked about or anything you think i should know either about you about any of the other two people in the room <laughs> or about jeremy Orell and great grappling that you really want the listeners to hear about upper lady belts please come train with me <laughs> 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 and, and if you want to organize upper belt lady training uh, training days, we will post things on the Facebook page. We will do whatever we can to recruit people to have, uh, and we may have an announcement on that soon in terms of uh, organizing uh, the women's jiu-jitsu community in the Carolinas. But uh, but until then, if you're an, if you're if you're an upper belt woman, message Caitlin and, and come train with her. Great grappling's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if there's uh, any uh, athletes in the. I guess the United States, or I don't know how far Jeremy is going to reach out, but just stay tuned for details on the Project Tap House, because if you want to be a professional jiu-jitsu athlete, then uh, that's definitely going to be a really good opportunity, and uh, it's it, going to be as professional as it can be. It's not called the, the Project Stall House. Yeah. It's called <laughs> Project Tap House. We're trying to make a gi excite as exciting as possible. Yeah. Start getting, like, EBIs in the gi or something like that, because... Yes. Like, Nogi, it's a square. We want to use all the shapes, right? <laughs> Dude, I love that. That's perfect. You know, and I, I mean, and this is what I love about the gi, too, is it, like, it just gives you more options, right? Like, you know, the square, I mean, all the shapes, I love it. It's perfect. So, guys, I want to thank my guests, Caitlin Huggins, uh, CJ Murdoch, Josh Murdoch, two black belts and a really high-level, awesome brown belt. It's always wonderful to talk to you guys individually, and it was great to have you all together as a group. Yeah, no, I, we really appreciate it. Can I give a couple shout-outs? Shout-out right now. Uh, Toro, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, obviously, Cage Side MMA, obviously, uh, Ruckus Pizza. If you've never been there, go eat there. It's amazing food. Um, if you're in Charlotte, buy Forte Legato Coffee. Um, 
Yeah. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, don't be disappointed. Don't buy Starbucks when you can <laughs> buy local coffee. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> shout-outs are always welcomed at the end of the Concussion Cast. Yeah. Any shout-outs for y'all? Jamie, we love you. Great grappling. <laughs> we'll rule one day. Oh, yeah. We are a black hole. We will absorb the entire East Coast. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Shout-out to Divine Jiu-Jitsu in Charleston. If you're in the area, train there. Those guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, these all of the things mentioned by my friends have my uncritical endorsement as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Team uh, Boto for life. For life, absolutely. Uh, it, Google Boto if you if you haven't. Yeah. Anyway, guys, this is the Cage Side Concussion Cast. I am Jeff Shaw. we got to get on out of here next week. We will have live reports from Toro Cup. We will have reports from CJ's fight because that will have been the night prior and we'll have a super special super secret announcement that we planned this week but hopefully for next week uh, get at us on Facebook Cageside Radio Twitter and Instagram Cageside Whoop or email us CagesideWHUP at gmail.com see you next Sunday and we are out Cageside Radio